0: Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. (laughs) What is up, guys? Look to that sound-up podcast today. I am Josh Ivanoff. He is the one and only... Angel Ortega back again. Quartzite sound off. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. UC Vegas 25, UC Vegas 26, Bellator, boxing. So much to get to. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January of 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. They developed a premium stack in the form of delicious energy and focus drink. It's designed to replace unhealthy energy drinks, coffee, and nutrition pre workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free, has a load of vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. Rogue Energy was designed for the emerging, professional, and competitive gaming market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success. Students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you win 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. It's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% of all your energy needs. Rogue Energy, a fantastic sponsor of the show, as always. Gotta, gotta love. send some love over to those boys over were Rogue Energy. However... Last Saturday night from the U C Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. UFC Vegas 25, Dominic Reyes, Yuri Prohoshka, man. This fight was everything it was hyped up to be. Just an absolute war for two rounds or so. Uh, obviously, both dudes came out firing early. Yuri was putting on the pressure. Dom was throwing the counters. And, um, dude, just an incredible fight. The ending sequence, Yuri Prohashka getting Dom Reyes up against the fence after being knocked out, by the way. Uh, He looked for the takedown against Dom. He was standing on the feet, got knocked out by an up kick. He actually admitted that a day ago on, I believe, Michael Bisping's podcast that he got knocked out by that up kick. Uh, He recovered quickly, though. Uh, Both guys got to their feet. Yuri put on the pressure on the cage, landed a spinning back elbow that put Dominic Reyes out cold for his second straight loss after losing his UFC light heavyweight title last year um dude i mean what can you say about this year pro Hoshka? everything he was hyped up to be in more two fights into the UFC, ranked number two and now soon to be title challenger what were your thoughts on new year's performance last saturday
1: i mean josh when the when the fight got announced probably and it had been announced for quite a while it had been start, had it been announced since probably the start of the year been, yeah really, for a while yeah for a while now and i talked about how i was like and i had predicted the fight way back when and i was like dude he's he's gonna he's gonna get put out he's gonna get fucked up and it he did get lit up let's be honest he did get lit up he also did did light up eerie he, he threw some good shots he he landed some good stuff and in the end it, it ended up being an elbow which in a way is kind of i wouldn't say a freak thing because it was definitely calculating. you know he just didn't randomly throw it uh and he put out former UFC champ Dom Reyes, Josh. Uh, and now looking in line to be the next for a title shot unless they want to give it to rocket or unless they want to schedule both of them to fight Rocket. Or unless they want to schedule each other and then they they have their undisputed number one after Glover Teixeira.
0: Yeah, man. And don't rule out old man Glover in this, dude. I mean, Glover I versus Yann happening later in the year though isn't it happening around september it's really late dude yeah um but regardless of that i'm really high for that one but dude like you thought he said it uh if they want to do a yuri versus Rochester fight i wouldn't complain like in the meantime if they were to go ahead and do that well, that be being while. said i think yuri deserves a title shot i don't think he should have to fight Rochet, but if he wants to that's cool because Rochester, dude he had a boring last fight against tiago the smith fight wasn't very impressive but he dominated both of those fights pretty cleanly, and he has a great knockout wins over Manawa, and just—dude has a lot of potential. So I'd still consider that fighting against here to be a very close fight. That'd be a lot of fun, I think, just because he's had, like, one stinker recently. People just kind of are over—you know, they're writing him off, so to speak. But I, I think that Brachis fight would be awesome if it were next, but just be honest here, Dierry should be fighting for the title next. You know the only real hang-up could be if he oh. wants to sit on the sideline for that long. That's the only real hang-up. That's
1: what I was thinking about, cause I don't know if he wants to sit around and wait, and maybe just get another fight in there, and just be like, yeah, I'm
0: undisputed now. Yeah, um, but yeah, dude, he he should be next man up, but dude, it's gonna this light heavyweight division. People are saying it's after John left that it's gotten good. A lot of these dudes have been around for a while, man. It's it's yeah. it's, it's an awesome division. I, I'm sad John left just because like, dude, this division was just starting to pick up when he left. You know what I mean? Like for a long time, light heavyweight was just John, DC, and Gus. That was pretty much it. Um, maybe throw in Rumble, but even then, Rumble's prime was very, very short. Now we got Rocic, we got Yuri, Jan, Glover, guys on the rise like Crute and Walker, old vets out there like Anthony Smith. Like it, it's in Vulcan, it, it's it's an awesome division, dude. It's an awesome division. Um, but dude, shout out Geary getting the nice win. Coming events. Um, obviously the main event was really the coming out party for Yuri Prohaska. Co-main event, the coming-out party for Giga Chizazaki, dude. Um, 30 seconds in, something along those lines. Uh, hits Cub Swanson with a liver kick, and that was all she wrote dude. I mean, this is a dude whos Cub Swanson, one of the toughest guys in the UFC. I mean, he's he's historically been in there. He, he's game against anybody. Fought the likes of Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar, Jose Aldo. And uh, instead, I don't believe he got finished. He may have gotten finished by, I believe, uh, Max, but— man it's he got submitted by max actually i just thought uh, about yeah that. yeah That's crazy. so yeah man it's crazy he's been there with some of the best of all time and 30 seconds all took giga hitting that his own patented giga kick putting him out of there early dude uh what were your thoughts on his performance and who you would like to see him against moving forward
1: i don't well someone ranked uh, <laughs> <there you> go, <laughs> <for> one <laughs> this is what it's simply sometimes it's just that josh it, it, like for me like it, him and Sean Strickland are two guys that I think you need to throw in a in a good ranked match, something that will propel them forward. Because I think they're at that point right now where it's like, hey man, I did the dirty work on my way up, and now I'm ready for that ranked opponent, that name. Uh, it doesn't have to be the top five, you know, top ten, but someone, you know, in in the in the fifteen, you know, like that fifteen to eleven range at least, man, I, I'm ready for it.
0: Especially Sean Strickland,
1: the goat. I know, man. The motorcycle accident did him good. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. But, yeah, man. I mean, Giga, there's not a whole lot to say here because the fight was so short that, like, I thought we were going to get, like, a straight-up, you know... Banger. Just, yeah, straight-up banger, maybe fight of the night.
1: No, nah, man, up, a minute guy. in.
0: A minute in. Only, I mean, that was only his uh, second UFC finish, which is kind of crazy um, for Giga. Uh, and there's other one against Jamie Simmons, who I believe was a UFC newcomer, never fought before. So, um Pretty crazy. They took out one of those dur- ger- like durable dudes in the UFC. Uh, but, dude, Cubs wants that. That sucked to see him go out that way. Uh, he just broke back into the rankings. Um, but, dude, for Giga, a lot of competitive fights moving forward. He's got to face somebody in the top ten. Um, and just taking a look at the rankings, he said he wanted to fight Jeremy Stevens. I think that would be a really, really fun fight. I think they just took Jeremy out of this, the rankings for inactivity. But, dude, that would be a banger of a fight the um, dude, Featherweight's, Featherweight's really fun right now. And we need to do I mean, the Giga coming up, considering that division is at a complete standstill, really. Yes. I mean, Volk and Ortega doing the ultimate fighter. Max, he did beat up on Calvin Cater, but he hasn't fought since January um, and doesn't have a fight booked. Yeah, he has hasn't fought in a long time. Zabit yep. was pulled. Green Zombie just lost. Josh Emmett hasn't fought in a while. So it's, it's just it's a rough division. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then possibly the retirement of Zabit is coming up as well, so. What are your thoughts so, on that real quick? Uh, well, I mean, look, I get why he wants to. Um, I guess he just said he's just kind of, he's just tired of fighting. And if you're tired of fighting, you shouldn't fight. Yeah, um, it's hard to fight in five rounds. It is hard. For, we, we'll <laughs> probably never see him fight five rounds. That's true, man. I mean, we've talked about it before on the show about how this man is never going to fight five rounds. How at every, every single turn, uh, he never ends up fighting for five rounds. But yeah, it actually seems like that will actually happen, that he'll actually retire without having fought five rounds. So, it is what it is. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. But, dude, like you said, as far as, like, the rest of the card goes, I'm going to Sean Strickland, your boy, like you just said, beat Christoph Jocko. Pretty pretty um, clear win for him. I thought Jocko would have given him a little bit more, but he's straight at 27 on all cards. Um, fourth win in a row, man. Like you said, he needs a higher-ranked dude. I'd like to see him face somebody... Highly ranked next. Uh Marab, dude. I'm high on this kid. Beating Cody Stamen. Um his I want to say sixth win in a row. Uh seventh win in a row, excuse me, dude. And he's just he's on a fucking tear right now. Uh insane takedowns. He he hasn't an issue with control. He can't keep dudes on the mat, but he gets him there for sure. Um not a lot of finish, finishing ability, but still a very entertaining guy, in my opinion. Um Ian laba Having a draw against Dustin Jacoby, uh, some controversy with Leon Pereiro and Randa Marcos with the up kick, um, which that was just ridiculous. Um, but regardless, dude, is there any other fights on the card that you want to go ahead and highlight real quickly? No, I, I really did highlight
1: the ones that I wanted to. I know there was some stuff on the prelims that I missed and I wanted to rewatch, but I didn't get the chance to.
0: Mm, okay. Alright, fair enough. As far as the only fight I to kinda of highlight from the prelims, uh Felipe Coales, Luke Sanders is a banger. Luke Sanders, dude, every single one of his fights goes like this, just just complete insanity forever how long it lasts. I mean, um I mean he came with UC nice submission win first round. The Yuri Alcanta fight was just an insane oh. comeback. Andre Single great knockout win, just so on and so forth. Dude, dude never has normal fights, knocked out hen and just they're always wars. I love this man. Um, but yeah, man, moving on from that card, uh, which is a little bit a bit of a mixed bag, onto this one, which is even more of a mixed bag. Uh, dude, main event, co-main. I think we talked about it last week on the show. It's so weird that, like, these are probably two of the least anticipated fights on the card. I mean, I, at least on the main card, to put it lightly. Um, especially the main event. And not to kind of dunk on the main event, but we'll go and get to it. I mean... Saturday, USC Apex. USC Vegas, 26. Main event. It's a bad sign. Remember, the main and the co-main are fights that didn't exist a week ago. But we're going to start with the main event. Marianne Rodriguez ranked number six women's strawweight. Uh, coming off a nice knockout win of Amanda Hibas. Before that, she lost to Esparza and then a draw to Calvillo. Uh, she does have a couple good wins mixed in there with over uh, uh, Tisha Torres and Jessica Aguilar. Uh, 13-1-2, taking on... Michelle Watson, the Karate Hottie, ranked number nine. Um, her second straight main event, she is coming off of a uh, – it was actually a short notice main event last time as well against Angela Hill. She did win that fight. That was a straight-up war fight of the night. Before that, she lost two in a row to Espars and Jan uh, Jacek. Uh, but she's been up and down really her entire UFC career. I mean, she, she came in with a lot of hype, beat Paige Van Zandt. Kind of seemed like they were kind of parlaying her into a title shot. And then we saw in, in Kansas City – her ass get destroyed by Rose Namajunas. After that, she's been kind of up and down. She's never really reached the pinnacle like a lot of people expect her to, either even getting a title shot. Um, and Probably the highest rank she's ever been is around three. Um, but look, man, she's looking to kind of move on, hopefully get that title shot eventually. Uh, what are your thoughts on the main event? and Who do you got?
1: Uh, I think I got, I'm going to go Watterson. Uh, on the feet, she's going to be good, but obviously on the ground, it's going to be for her opponent. Um, I feel like she'll pull it out. For some reason, I feel like she managed to probably be a, for some reason josh i feel like it's gonna be a close fight that probably the other girls should have won but then michelle's gonna win
0: that's fair enough dude i, I this, this fight is so weird to me to call and here's the thing michelle Watterson never has like a dominant performance that's Like why i'm saying that like never i mean just looking historically dude split decision last time and i thought she lost that fight um, as far as before that split decision, Ioana Janjicic, that was a fun fight, but Yoana clearly won, so I'm, I'm glad Watson came out on the wrong side of that one. Um, that was a fun fight, though. Uh, she beat you know, Carolina Ver- via unanimous decision, fleece decision, Courtney Casey, split decision. Uh, her only two UFC finishes were against Paige Van and Angela Magana. People um, she which, should have you know, finished. <laughs> yeah, still got the finish, so good for her, but... Uh, dude, yeah, she, she's very, very up and down and just historically always – she never really gets a dominant win. I think that's going to be the case here. I don't think she's going to get a dominant win. Um, in fact, I don't even think she will win. I'm going to go ahead and take Marina Rodriguez. I think Marina is a huge – like, she's a lot bigger than Michelle Watterson, and I just I- – I've not been impressed by a lot of Michelle Watterson's wins lately um, or just not even wins. Performances in general, I was somebody who thought that she should have gotten a title shot actually – um, after beating Carolina, they decided to go Wei Li Zhang, and what a, what a weird historical, like, could you just imagine, like, alternate reality? Whenever, like, at the time there was debate who should get at Wei Li Zhang or, um, uh, Michelle and they went with Wei Li, and obviously everything's, you know, history now. Instead, they decided to feed Michelle Watterson, he was on a three-fight winning streak to Joanna. she ended up getting destroyed, so on and so forth. Um... Yeah, man, I've not been impressed a whole lot lately by her. I think Marina Rodriguez, she looked great last time out. I also thought that her one loss was against Spurs. I thought she won that fight. Um, So, yeah, man, I'm going to go ahead and take Marina Rodriguez. I think it's going to be a nice breakout win for her. I don't think it'll be a finish or anything like that, but I think it'll be a nice win. Uh, Co-main event, though, dude. This one, another fight that did not exist a week ago, uh, (laughs) which is always a nice sign. But this one should be a banger. On paper, this should be one of the more fun fights on the card. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, obviously, future Hall of Famer, um, one of the greatest lightweights of all time, um, holds pretty much every single UFC record you could hold. I mean, most wins in UFC history, most finishes, so on and so forth, um, most bonuses, I believe, as well. Taking on Alex Morono, um, former LFC champion, uh, has a couple nice wins in his career, match. Max Griffin, Jack Otto, um, a couple, one, Josh Berkman as well. And he is coming off a loss to Anthony Pettis. Cerrone has not won his last five fights. Um, I thought he beat Nico Price last time out. I also thought he beat Anthony Pettis, but not exactly great decisions on, on that side of things for him. It kind of been a very, very rough streak. Um, and this is coming off of the point where we saw it. You know, Cerrone was going under, like, a little bit of a a great second half of his career after having a son. Dad, Cerrone, was a thing. He won four or five against, like, Mike Perry, Hernandez. I acquainted Medeiros. Since then, dude, it's it's been a rough one. Tony Ferguson, Gaethje, McGregor, Pettis, obviously, and then a draw with Nico Price. Uh, It's a very up and down for Cerrone. Uh, Morono, though, never really fought somebody at this caliber. Who do you got in the co-main event, my man?
1: I'm picking Dad Cerrone. Josh, he's gonna break the streak. He's gonna get
0: the dub. Uh, <laughs> Dad Cerrone gonna get the dub. I'm gonna go in same dude. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the same on that one. Uh, I it. think Cowboy. I think this is a good matchup for him. Morono um, does come out firing early. He also took round one against Pettis, and Pettis he needed that late near knockout in order to get the win over Morono. Morono is a very very scrappy one. Seventy year. Um, I think Cowboy's going to be oversized and I think round one may be a rough one, but I'm going to go and pick, pick, uh, dad's ceremony to get back on track. Um, get that 37th win. And dude, after that, dude, he said he's not going to retire, but he really should. He probably should. If we're being completely honest, It's, it's really, really hard to gauge where he is. Um, right now, just by virtue of he's fought so many top level guys. And the one guy that he didn't fight was top level was a, that was like a draw. And I thought he won that one. It had weird judging, so on and so forth. So, um, that being said, man, it, we'll see what happens. I'm gonna pick him to win though. Beat Ostrom to we'll get back in the win column. As far as the rest of the card, my man, I said at the top of the show, this this card is very, very up and down to the point where it's like I'm th- the top two fights are some of my least anticipated on the card. Um, but as far as the rest of the card, my man, uh, what are a couple you want to go ahead and uh, highlight? Oh man, Josh, I mean, we we gotta highlight, you know. Carlos Diego Ferreira, Gregor Gillespie,
1: we were about to see Gregor fight, uh, was it two weeks ago? A week ago? I don't even know how long it's been now. Yeah. Not too long ago. Scheduled to fight one Brad Riddell, now he's fighting Carlos Diego Ferreira, who could have been in Benil Darius' position next week, fighting Tony Ferguson, so that's two you know guys, who one who's ranked, and then one who... Is Gregor also ranked? I can't think off the top of my head.
0: Um, He may be.
1: He may be. He was
0: ranked at one point in
1: time. Yeah, so that... You know, lightweight division, we know the direction of the toy, and Obviously, the title's going to be uh, given out next week. So this is this is an important fight. and Any fight right now in, in the ranked lightweight is, is important, right? Because now we're going to see people who are going to be moving on for title shots. And there's a lot of movement right there right now. Uh, no Magny Jeff Neal, two other guys, right? They fought out. Both of them fought out so long ago. They're, they ended up... They're both coming off a loss, right? Both of them coming off losses. Mm-hmm. Both ranked. Yeah, Michael Kessler, Neil Magny, Jeff Neal, Wonderboy Thompson, right? Uh, two guys. They're both their opponents are probably dead. Well, we know that one's in talks for a potential title shot, and one's fighting here soon against Will Gilbert Burns, who fought for a title shot. So those are two guys who I feel like that's gonna be probably like maybe fight of the night right there, Josh. Like maybe not, you know, scrappy, you know, out there, but mm-hmm. I feel like they're gonna put it out all out there on the line, right?
0: I'm very shocked they did not make Neil versus Neil the main event, especially whenever, um, well there was obviously there was issues. I'm not sure this making the fight like this past weekend, um, with Rodriguez and Watson. I'm not sure what it was. It could have been a medical thing. I don't remember what the exact reason was, but there was issues making that fight, and they still did not make this the main event between Neil and Neil. Very disappointing for me because that fight I would have loved to see that one go five rounds. Is that just me? I mean, I think it would have been a banger. Yeah,
1: for sure. And, I mean. And, uh-huh yeah, no, go ahead. And as I say, my 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 card on uh my fight on the prelims that I want to highlight is uh Lou versus Mike was it Mike Trisano? Yeah, we'll go with that. Lou Volklan mm-hmm. man, this man had a 26 years old. He put on a great performance last time against one Shane Young. I think he missed weight, which you know obviously not what you want to see. Man, did he look fucking good in that fight? And I'm excited to see him fight again this Saturday night.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's taking on Michael Trisano, dude, former Ultimate Fighter winner. Uh, winner of the ultimate fighter undefeated which is one of the more interesting ones they've had in a while um obviously beat joe genetti to win the lightweight tournament beat luis pena first time he's fought fighting since 2019 may of 2019 dude uh and obviously that was that was a loss to great awesome dude but that just it's insane to me to think about how long ago that was that was that was dos lasagna's kevin lee card dude like that's just that that's such a long time ago um mm-hmm. But as far as the rest of the card goes, man, you highlight a couple of good fights in there. Obviously, Carlos De Ferreira, Greg Leslie should be a banger. Shout out Marcos, Rogerio de Lima, Maurice Green. Neither one of these guys are going to be fighting for a title anytime soon. Um, yeah. But these dudes are both generally pretty entertaining. Um, Maurice Green, the crochet boss, coming off of the loss to Greg Hardy. Uh, but that was a pretty fun fight. And then Rogerio de Lima coming off a of loss to Alexander Romanov. But he's been in the UFC for quite a long time at this point um dudes always put on bangers historically so we'll go ahead and see what happens there and obviously amanda he angela hill very very excited for that one that's another fight that like kind of wish was the main event um even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they both lost like they like he just lost radio hill just lost to watterson uh but still i, I would have liked to see the fight in the main event just because i think stylistically one's going to be one of the more fun fights on the card uh historically this may sound sexist but just historically women's MMA fights for five rounds have never really been that much of a thing uh and hill has always been one of those super entertaining fighters because she's coming off her f- first main event she did pick up a win ashley yoder um recently as well i would have liked to see her get another five round fight because last one was a lot of fun uh, against watson and watson was not really the reason for it um uh, <laughs> matt uh neil neil should be fun men ben rothwell felipe lynn should be a lot of fun phil hawes coming back it's kyle Dawkins, my man and then last fight to highlight Ryan Benoit Zaurukh Adeshev. Um, obviously Ryan Benoit been in the UFC for a long time at this point. Uh, one of the longest tenured flyweights. I mean he's been in the UFC since 2013. It's kind of weird to think about how long he's been around without really doing a whole lot. Um, but he's historically been pretty damn entertaining. Um, still ranked at number 15 taking on Zaruk Adeshev. You and me hyped up this dude a lot just because he was he's a really good kickboxer um but dude his UFC streak has been rough to put it lightly okay. knocked out by tyson nam and took on sue Matajeri and lost via decision sue montagiri a pretty damn good dude i mean ranked number 13 three wins in a row but that's tough man that, that's that's pretty tough that's pretty tough streak. Right brandy
1: he did find a bantamweight and he's not a bantamweight he finally did make the switch over to flyweight
0: but did lose the sue montagiri that's true and, and, and sue Montagiri's a he's a beast yes um, yes
1: so they didn't do him any favors
0: yeah, and his only loss in the UFC is Louis, to uh, Luis Mocha, who is actually also fighting Sean O'Malley soon. So that's an interesting fight. Um, I'm sure if you heard about that one. I did. But, also yeah, I also want to highlight one more,
1: Josh. Oh, go ahead. Dude, so opening up the car, or opening up the whole fight, you know. Uh, Christian Aguilar versus Carlson Harris. Josh, do you know about Carlson Harris's story? I'm afraid I don't. Okay, Josh. So they so back uh, on Fight Island, Dana did his little series again. Dana White looking for a fight, right? Because they went out there and the UAE. I think it was it was UAE Warriors is what they had out there. The uh, they yeah, had.
0: UAE Warriors.
1: So Dana went out there. Uh, he was there with Habib. Uh, you know, trying to try to convince him to come back, probably right. And uh, at the and uh, at the time of that that was going on, Habib had a someone from his camp or a group, a friend. I don't know if it's a cousin or whatever, fighting that night. And. Uh, I guess Dana was there to watch him. Well, uh, his opponent was Carlson Harris. Carlson Harris is a little older. I think he might be 34, 32. I know he's at least 30, and uh, he was scheduled to fight him. And it added, It actually, and then he was there to look at Habib's friend. It ended up being Carlson Harris coming out with the victory, submission mm. victory. And Dana was impressed, and Dana gave him a contract. He, he Dana told him, you know, I usually don't sign older guys, but you know, you you impressed me. You put up you put on a performance out there, and I'm guessing since you know he was there to watch Habib's friend and he didn't end up putting the performance that he expected, he decided to sign the other guy because he's like, shit, I mean, if you made it come out of here, at least I could sign the other guy, right? Mm. And dude, this guy moved from uh, his home country. I forget what country it is in Africa. He was living he lived somewhere in Africa before. He left to go to Brazil. Uh during the when the pandemic broke down uh broke out, Josh, this man was literally living on the street, Josh. He took this fight so he wouldn't be on the streets. He was living Jesus. on the streets. And now he has this opportunity. He was signed by the UFC and he's making his debut, Josh. I mean, it, what what a fucking what a change right? What a change of life.
0: What a story. You'd love to see it. You'd love to see you'd love to see it. So that's that's another fight to go ahead and highlight on the card man. Um but as far as it goes, anything else you want to go ahead and highlight before we move on?
1: No, not specifically, man. That's the one that I actually been wanting to highlight for a while now uh, when I first got announced it a while back or when it had been confirmed. So I was really happy I got
0: to talk about it. All right. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. But, you know, man, before we go ahead and move on, I want to talk to you guys about because there's a lot of sports going on, dude. We're about to get into the NBA playoffs. Obviously, football is coming back in a few months. UFC fights going on this weekend. Angel, have you heard about Monkey Knife Fight? I think I have, Josh. I think oh. I have. Oh, that's good. That's good because Monkey Knife Fight is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports game that is simple, fun, and easy to play. Users determine which superstars competing in the days professional sporting events to record more or less than the contest line provided. MKF's daily fantasy prop games pay similar to the salary cap daily uh, fantasy games, but without the algorithms, Linus, most importantly, Sharks, there are several contests to choose from, none of which require hours of research required on competing websites. Start with a simple two for two, or go for the highest payouts up to 100 times and higher by selecting an eight for eight more or less contest. Get started now with a 100% instant match bonus up to $50 with promo code courtside. That is promo code courtside, ladies and gentlemen. Monkey Knife Fight, amazing sponsor of the show. Shout out them as always. Um, I'm, I'm not not to go ahead and uh, give a little teaser for next week because next week we're gonna be talking about the play-in NBA stuff, uh, giving our MVP stuff, um, all the awards show. It's like it's like a mini war show. We obviously do our yearly stuff, but just for like just the fun little stuff for the NBA season, we'll be doing next week. We'll also be returning with the MKF Josh's Picks of the Week, uh, just for because it's gonna be playoffs, and you know I, I'm pretty good at that shit. I've gone I'm hitting it hitting it a seven percent seventy percent rate. So um, yeah, go ahead and use code courtside uh, for the games this weekend as well as next weekend. But dude, Angel, this not only um, not only you see this week, it's a, it's a combat filled week. Um, there's, a, there's obviously been a lot of news. It's been a lot of fights. But most importantly, there's a bells War card work coming up this Friday, dude. It's not what we wanted. It's not exactly what we wanted entirely because obviously Yoel Romero did fall, fall out of his co event fight with uh, Anthony Johnson, With which if you asked me at the beginning of the year to rank my most anticipated fights to happen in 2021. That would have been top of the billing. I'm straight up. That would have been probably my number one or number two most anti- most anticipated fight. Um, just two monsters going at it. Johnson, two of the hardest hitters of all time, straight up. Um, instead, he did fall out. Apparently, I've heard it was an eye issue. But Anthony Johnson, he's still coming back, dude. Obviously, former USC light heavyweight challenger. Um, pound for pound, probably the hardest hitter i'd say in mma history like do you feel comfortable saying that just like for his frame and considering where he's been fighting throughout his career i mean 16 wins via knockout and just some of them in seconds or some of those durable dudes 13 seconds for Glover over to a minute 26 for ryan bader 28 seconds manawa 215 for gustison 40, 44 seconds for lil nog so on and so forth dude's one of the hardest hitters ever stepping in jose augusto and I, I realize i'm going over the main event but going over the co-main event first but you know just to give a quick view for what we're about to talk about dude um yeah man is the jose augusto fight is that still appealing to you are you still appealed by anthony johnson's comeback fight even though he's not taking on Yo romero
1: you know I, I feel like it obviously without a doubt anthony should win it right yeah under a circumstances the one thing is he's coming off after a long layoff and his opponent has no pressure on him right all the pressure is on rumble and uh Jose kind of just came in here. He's kind of like, you know something? If win or lose, no one really knew me anyways, right? And if I win, the upside is ridiculously big, and he'd be fighting for a title next. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity is a lot, a lot bigger for his uh, opponent in a lot of ways, but at the same time, a lot of the pressure is on Rumble, because Rumble, when's this fight here? And then he's fighting for a title shot next, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, just because of the way the, the bracket's laid out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going for him there. Uh, his opponent... He's an interesting one. Not he was, he's a tough dude. Uh, that's the one thing you can say. He, he puts it out there for sure. Uh, I know that early on, and even I uh, probably by now it's gotten a little bit better. His technique was very rough. Is something I heard, and he it, he changed camps. He moved his whole family to be with the pit bull camp now. So maybe that's could be some benefit to him. Uh, obviously, you know he knows that if his best. <laughs> you know his best case scenario is taking a fight down and trying to look mm-hmm. for a submission or try keeping it there and obviously not getting hit by rumble uh and i'm sure rumble knows that hey, i don't want that i don't want it to hit the mat i don't know how good jose's uh jiu-jitsu or wrestling may be but uh you know he has he has some stuff that he he has some things to look forward to into this fight uh because he fought not too long ago and he's coming off a win so there's a, there's a lot going for him. I, I think it's very tough for him though. Cause he is fighting Anthony rumble Johnson.
0: Yeah. Well, as far as we'll give our official prediction for that one in a minute, but we do got to go ahead and start off with the main event real quickly. Uh, Juan Archuleta, Sergio Pérez, uh, This fight is kind of flying under the radar just because of all the drama with Yoel and and Rumble's return and so on and so forth. Obviously, though, Juan Archuleta, one of the greatest uh, bantamweights in the world, 25 and two, only lost to Patricio Freire and Bellator. Outside of that, he's undefeated. Man, you got a couple of nice wins of Eduardo Dantes, Patrick Mix, who won the title um, against last in September, last September. Uh, Sergio Pettis in the hand, obviously most well-known from his UFC days, um, obviously uh younger brother of Anthony Showtime Pettis, but dude, he's got some amazing wins in his own rights. Brandon Moreno, John Moraga, Tyson Nam, Joseph Benavidez, dude's a straight-up gamer, made the switch to Beltor after beating Tyson Nam. Um, at flyweight last September, actually September 2019, excuse me. Uh, since then, two straight wins: Ricky Ben Alfred, Alfred Kakashian. Uh, very, very interesting fight, my man. Uh, who'd have gotten the main event at Bellator 258? Dude, I'm a big Quan Archuleta man to retain the title, bro. Really? You're not going, uh, you're not going pedish for the upset? I'm
1: not, dude. This guy is one of the guys who, you know, it's it's kind of the thing we talk about a lot, and a lot of people talk about who watch other promotions, like the best guys are not all in the ufc and this is one of those guys who is not mm-hmm. in the ufc who you probably could insert into the roster and it's probably a top four guy top three guy without a doubt but even even top two right you could give him an instant title shot if he made the switch over i think
0: Mhm. yeah that's fair enough man i'm also going to go ahead and go uh juan archuleta uh i i don't know man i've never been super impressed by sergio pettis to begin with I'm kind of biased um, I'm, to, I'm, and, a, I'm a
1: little bit on the same page i think he has his work cut out for him and that's another thing i don't see him winning it now for some mm, reason
0: for sure i mean his his the most the only time i've ever really been impressed with sergio is whenever he bodied alfred kakashian but even then kakashian like that was his belt debut you know what i mean um really the only time he was seen before that was whenever he fought like on Datamite's contender series and lost uh, to Ricardo Hamos. And also he lost to Sean O'Malley via knockout on the contender series. So the dude's never had a lot of success at the top level. So I, I don't know. I've never really been that impressed by um, Sergio's just resume. Um, and, and it fights a lot of the time. I mean, his biggest win is Benavidez, and I thought he lost that one. Um, so I'm also going to take Juan Archuleta to retain. We did just mention the, the Rumble Johnson, Jose Augusto, both guys. Um, very interesting fight. Um, obviously Anthony Johnson, winner versus, in a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Jose Augusto uh, really made his first Bellator debut back in um, April, actually, uh, defeating Jonathan Wilson via uh, triangle choke. A little bit surprised they even went with Jose Augusto, considering he's not really a name at all. I mean, there's a lot more yes. dudes at, at Bellator they could have gone with. I mean, even. I talked about it before on, like, just about this fight and just a lot of the light heavyweight division in general. Like, some of their Grand Prix decisions have been strange um, to just putting our boy Yogs in there. We did pick him to win, but he's not exactly a name. Um I mean, they could have done some – they could have gotten in Ty, uh, Tyree Fortune, Younger Brother Tyro Fortune. They could have put a Mayhoff, uh McGeary. Um Victor Nemkov. I mean they probably went to that one because he, he possibly yeah. could have fought Vadim, but probably wouldn't have. Unless he was Yeah, there were so many other Ju- decisions that uh, could have
1: Angelakis, is that his Julius was that his Yeah, name? there's I'm so right.
0: many other dudes they could have put in there. I heard that a couple um, times. And instead they're I get Jose Gasto, I get he's short notice, but it's like you should have had somebody on backup like McGeary, or Manhoff off or something because there's not a whole lot of interest out of me for this one i'm gonna go rumble johnson is it possible that this young kid could pull the upset yes i don't think he will though so i'm gonna go and take anthony johnson He shouldn't
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> so i'm assuming you're i'm assuming you're same page on that one. Oh, without a doubt my guy without my doubt fair enough fair enough it's as us as the rest of the card though this is probably i mean i've been watching Bellator for a long time this is probably the best bell tour card of all time for my money um it's the greatest card just top to bottom straight up but where's some other fights you want to go ahead and highlight? Dude, we gotta highlight MVP man. He's back, baby. He's back. He is back. Uh, Michael Venom Page taking on Derek Anderson. That is, listen. Here's the thing about Michael Page. He is simultaneously underrated and overrated significantly by different portions of the MMA community. This is a guy who's he's ranked number two in Bellator, um, a weight, which is fair, and, and he's you know. He, he's eighteen and one. His only loss was to Douglas Lima. He got knocked out, but that was a close fight before he got knocked out. It, it was too close for two rounds. Um but he's got winter Paul Daly, David Rickles, uh, Fernando Gonzalez, Shinzo and Ross Houston. Um on paper, his resume to people, he's always gonna be dunked on. There's you say he what what's the line that people use about like old basketball players? Like he's fighting like um, you know, milkmen. Like he, he like he's fighting like climbers
1: yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's how people treat Michael and Page's resume. That's not accurate. I mean, Chenzo was I had six success in the UFC. Ross Tyson was the Cage Warriors champ. Paul Daly's a British legend. David Rickles has fought for Bellator title multiple times. Serena Gonzalez really good in Bellator. Cyborg Santos was a you know a Brazilian legend. Just fought everywhere that you could fight. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's never going to get the credit he deserves, and sticking taking on another guy, Derek Anderson, 17 and three um wins over patricky Ferrier, brandon gertz we beat Ferrier twice um saeed awad so on and so forth um very interesting fight here man so he he's back obviously going to be a very very fun one if he wins Derek anderson is going to immediately be a can um in a lot of people's eyes but that's just the truth uh patchy mix is back to logan storley friend of brock lesnar um he's gonna be fighting I got a lot of high hopes for that kid only lost to Yar- Yaroslav Asimov and that was via a split decision dude dude's an amazing wrestler Henry Corrales is fat back Eric Perez is opening up the prelims and then dude Patrick Ferrier pretty Peter Quali is gonna be a lot of fun one of the best fights in the card though Rafael Cavallio, former welterweight champ for Bellator taking on Lorenz Larkin who's making his uh to return after almost two years off. Dude, that's a straight-up banger right there. That's an awesome fight. Love to see it. you love to see it, Josh. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, so, yeah, man, it's going to be a very, very fun Tour card. Um, Obviously, they're making the return after a couple of weeks off. And then after this, dude, I mean, obviously, this card's super anticipated. Next up, we got Tour 259. That one's going to be happening on the 21st, and that's the return to Cyborg, dude. So... That's going to be an interesting card as well. Very, very interesting stuff moving forward. Uh, that one also has, like, Darion Caldwell, Leandre Higo, uh, Brett John, Saeed Wad, Valerie LaWeda. She's returning, so, you know, always fun whenever she's around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very fun stuff from Bellator moving forward. But, outside of that, my man, uh, last topic on the day unless this week to talk about, like, the, the drama from earlier today. Um, but, dude... Moving on to boxing, Canelo Alvarez, um, the pound for pound greatest boxer on the planet. I'd say if he's not number one, I'm not sure you could have it. Number one, um, taking on Billy Joe Saunders after a lot of, um, back and forth, uh, Billy Joe Saunders not wanting to fight, uh, because the ring had a, you know, the ring wasn't as big as he wanted it to be. Um, there was a lot of discussion about making this fight even happen because obviously, um, Canel had to get through our boy Anvi Eldrum, um first, and just a lot of – this fight's been known about for like the last six or seven months, but we're finally getting it. AT&T Stadium, uh, COVID's done now, I guess, so it's going to be a packed full of crowd. Um, dude, this is a very interesting fight, but, dude, I mean, Canel, 55-1-2. and two, I mean, super middleweight champion, so on and so forth. We just saw him beat. Andre Yildirim dominated Kalman Smith, knocked out Kovalev. Do you think there's anything Billy Joe Saunders can do, just stylistically? Do you do you give him any shot in this fight? Because I believe he's he's closer in odds than a lot of Ken recent opponents, but he's still a massive underdog. I mean,
1: like anybody, dude, he has to have a chance, right? I mean, he's beat good guys, but, you know, he beat Chris Banks Jr., who is, you know, world champ, took his O. You know, at that point, Chris Banks was 18-0. and o. Uh, he's taken some other O's too. You told Gary Gary O'Sullivan's O, and he's a tough guy. Uh, obviously, different weight class at the time, and even even the Chris Eubanks one. Um, you know, the, he he can do something, right? It's just that it's hard to prepare for a guy who doesn't fight a certain way. He fight he just adjusts as the fight goes on, right? He's not gonna come in here and be in, and go in with a certain style. He will counter punch you if he has to. He'll scrap with you if he has to. He'll, he'll fight defensively he has to. He he's not gonna fight any particular way going into it. He's just gonna react to what you're doing and adjust to him in, during the fight and make those adjustments throughout. Hmm. Like he's it's just gonna be dependent. He's he's gonna have to dictate the whole fight the entire time. I mean, he's the bigger man, he's gonna have to use all his advantages, sizes, length, reach. Uh you know. He just has to use every little thing he has to him. It's just whether or not will he do it on the night of. I mean, he's, he's fighting arguably, like we said, the pound for pound guy. I mean, the only guy you could probably put over him is is the heavyweight champ and, and, and Tyson Fury, right? Uh, just just because of the weight, just because of the weight class, right? Just
0: kind of what it carries. Yeah, but uh, even then, I I'd still give the edge of Canelo because we haven't seen Fury fight in almost two years now.
1: Yeah, well, the credentials, man. It's the credentials, and and then like I said, yeah, the weight yeah, class is, is a thing um uh, yeah. it should be an exciting one man but even, even then i mean there's always to be the doubters on canelo i mean we he had doubts in, in his previous fights and you know what it's worth man ever since he became a free agent i mean he's fought really you know really fast back to back 20 uh back in december back in february and now he's fighting on uh in may i mean it's he, he said man i, I want to fight and now i can fight freely now that i'm a free agent and, and fight as often as i want to and look he's already fought a two times at the start of the year and we could see him fight another two or three times later this year. So that's some exciting shit right there, man. And you know, anytime I do like this we there's been constant doubt every time in this man's career and every time he's pulled through, I mean, you can't doubt this man at all.
0: Hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you can't really doubt it. I saw down in Canelo a long time ago. Um, and look, like you said, it's really clear what Billy Joe Saunders' technique is going to be to just try and dictate the fight, probably fight on the outside. That's why he wanted the, a massive ring. Um, but look, dude, we haven't even seen Canelo really challenged that much. Uh, in a while. In a while. In a long time. I mean, it, I, I thought Kovalev was beating him, but it wasn't like some dominate like it was it was round 11 I had Kovalev probably up by like one round but nothing really happened like it was it was a close fight where not a whole lot of action was happening and even then it just felt like it was only a matter of time uh before Kovalev was probably gonna get knocked out um Daniel Jacobs got dominated early took maybe the last two or three rounds but not a whole lot um Gennady really was the last time we saw him challenged honestly um, and I thought Gennady beat him twice, but still, I mean, that was that was three years ago at this point. He's looking dominant, especially as of late. Um, Callum, who I thought would be a nice challenge for him, got destroyed. So That was crazy, um, too, dude. That was a crazy one, too, because I didn't know if he was going to come out.
1: I didn't know what performance we going to get, and it ended up being a very good one, man.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I mean, Callum, he's he's clearly not the most technically sound guy, but he's huge, and he hits hard as fuck. So I thought like he'd at least land something to give, you know, Put Canelo on the back foot, maybe give him something. I mean this is this is a dude who was undefeated up to that point. He's legitimately huge. he's massive for his weight class, he's six three. Um, gets a lot of weight as well. So I I didn't think he was gonna win. Um but I thought maybe he'd give him something. Just absolutely murked, dude. So um, um Do I think Bill Billiger- Justan Yeah? Do you think like do, you, do I think Billy is gonna get murked? Probably not. Um, shouldn't he? Shouldn't I think? I think this will be one of his closest fights in a long time. He's really honest, He's one of those dudes that fights to the level of competition. I mean, we we saw it. Like he's a guy he just dominated uh, David Lemannu, Andy Lee, Chris Eubank, drawn uh, Ryder. Beat a lot of dudes, but then you know we saw it on the logo Paul KSI card he was he was losing to Marcelo Casares. So it's like until he got the knockout. So it's yeah. Um, we wasn't losing, but it, it was a very competitive back and forth fight. Um, that was just a dude who really was not even known before that. And look, I mean, you can go look, like it's topology. Like he had, a, he had a good record. He just hadn't fought anybody ranked or crazy good at that point. So we got to give the guy credit. I'll give him I'll give him his credit, but he was very much a regional guy, and, he, he, and he's lost since then too. So it's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, though, so he fought, Billy Joe Saunders fights the level of his competition. I think he's going to give Canelo a fight. Um, I think he's going to take a couple rounds, but I don't think he has a chance of winning necessarily.
1: Are we going to see the weight change, Josh? Are we going to see Canelo go up and, and get try to get another belt? Are we going to see the light heavyweight move? Is he going to fight Artur Betterbeef or maybe one Dimitri Bivol? See,
0: I think Dmitry Bivol, I think that's a terrible move for him. I think he – because here's the thing. The Kovalev light heavyweight win, and I saw – I actually talked to somebody about this recently. That was kind of like the perfect storm for Canelo, dude. He took on Kovalev, who the latter half of his career – he I mean he was just – like two months before that – he got brutalized by Anthony Yard, like, for two or three rounds, and he had to have a massive comeback, and Anthony Yard just had to gas out. And Anthony Yard's not even a top 10 light heavy.
1: He um, Anthony Yard, though, from was pulling out. Anthony Yard just lost uh, late last year to—
0: Yeah, he's he's not a top 10, top 15 light heavy, and he was beating the beat shit out of Kovalev until he gassed. And Kovalev had to turn back around two months later and fight Canelo. There was a hydration clause where he couldn't weigh in over a certain amount— um, he really just got bitched out in the contract negotiations because Canelo was like, yeah, I can go fight literally anybody, um, and make a, a, a shitload of money. So Kovalev just took that after taking a lot of damage, latter half of his career had already been knocked out multiple times at that point. And so whenever Kovalev had that strategy, was we like, this is going to be a good time for me to go ahead and go fight a guy. That's pretty much what happened. Um, but do I think fighting a guy like Bivol is a good move? Not at all. I think if Canelo is smart, dude, the Triple G fight next. That's what I would do. Um, because I believe, wouldn't this be his last fight on DAZN? I don't even, he's not even fighting with DAZN anymore. No, he? no, no, but he's fighting on DAZN because of, um, His contract isn't it like, isn't it because he's like, there's a contractual agreement that he has a match room for like two fights? I don't know. dude. you know, with
1: this all this boxing promotional shit sometimes? It's like, hard. It's, it's, hard. it's really fucking confusing.
0: So I would say if he's not, then like. I, I don't know. Anyways, triple granted, G no, be,
1: granted, granted, there is talks like, he, you know, should he come back to middleweight and, you know, fight Charlotte
0: or fight Andrade, you know? I think he's never going to fight on just because I don't think Andrade is- just, I guess, I mean, he could fight him, but I just don't think that being a realistic fight just because, generally speaking, on never even- I, I'm not, I'm not going to try and dunk on the dude, but, I mean, he he's historically just not been a guy that's fought top-level competition, or at least it's been a while. Uh-huh. Um, just looking at his resume, he's clearly behind a guy like Charlo. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, regardless, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's next for Canelo after this. Um, I mean, he can go anywhere he wants.
1: That's that's the thing. He can go up. He can go down. It's it's the ball's in his court, right? Everybody's kind of chasing him rather than him chasing everybody. But he's chasing after other things too, which is also kind of amazing, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and the crazy thing is, is that he's like. After every single Canelo fight, we kind of have, like, a direction to kind of go for go forward to. And even if it didn't end up coming to fruition, um, we kind of have, like, one fight. Like, obviously, after the last one against the boy Jan V. Yildirim, um, it was obviously Bill Joe Saunders. After Canelo's fight against Deion James, he's talking about moving up the light heavy, and so Kovala made sense. We kind of have no clue. We have no fucking clues next to this point. So.
1: Well, let me tell you this, dude. We got a Canela fight. We got three Canelo fights in the span of six months. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: no, I'm not complaining. I mean, I... This is what puts Canelo's like. I've historically always bitched about Canelo on this show, just because I he always gets like the good the good end. You know what I mean? Like this always happens in boxing. I mean, you can see with all the stars, stars except for Manny Pacquiao. Manny's the only real star I've seen that like gets fucked over by judges. I mean, Um, I'm
1: sure if we look hard enough, there's probably something there. Oh no, absolutely. The the third Marquez fight.
0: But as I say Manny has fought 70 fights there has to be one in there yeah I mean the third the third Marquez fight I thought he pretty clearly lost um and I obviously led to a, that's why they had a fourth one even though you know Manny beat him three times um so yeah man I mean even even moving on from like that idea of just Manny like Floyd always got kind of flavor. like if there was a close Floyd fight uh, De La Hoya Madonna um you knew he was gonna win you know what I mean it didn't really matter um That's just kind of how it's always been for stars, but Canelo is by far the worst, Um, just like historically, dude. um, I think he should have at least three or four more losses on his resume. Um, I think he lost to Gennady twice. Um, Looking back further than that, he... I need to go back and rewatch some of these, like the Lara fight. I remember thinking he lost to Lara, but I don't really remember. I know that was a split decision. Um, and then obviously the Manny, like the, not Manny, the Mayweather decision, where it was a majority draw, was fucking insane. You know what I mean? So, it is what it is. But yeah, man. Um, We'll see what happens moving forward from that. And uh, is there anything, well, I guess, did you give your official prediction for this fight?
1: Uh, no, no, I really didn't. I mean, I, I'm going to pick Canelo, dude, like I told you. Like, with, every time we have doubted him, anytime there's any sort of doubt, he'll prove everybody wrong, right? And there's only one loss on that record, and it looks like it's going to be like that for a while.
0: hmm Only one loss on the record, obviously, to Floyd Mayweather and... Who's fighting I, soon. I, do you want to get into it? Because we're a month away, and all the shit just happened today. No, we can hold off. We'll hold off. All right, fair I'll enough, wait. my man. going to um, ride the hype train. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wait on the hype train, but I'm not sure if you guys saw, but there was there was a brawl. He he got the hat. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, as far as the rest of the show goes, my man, is there anything else we want to talk about before we dip out of here? Uh,
1: no, nothing in particular. We didn't talk about Andy or anything like that. I mean, we oh shit, about,
0: we forgot to recap about Andy. Good recap. Did you watch it? Oh yeah, dude, I loved that fight. Do you see it? It was a, it was a good one. Um. I feel like they're gonna have to
1: take some time again with him, right? Because they want they probably want to make him more technically sound, right? Because they're—they're—if I'm, if I'm uh, Eddie, I'm probably like, yeah, no, this is not championship material right now.
0: That was a rough fight, dude. Um, but he—he ended, he ended up pulling it off later on. Like he, he, he did, he, he, but he, he pulled it away. That was probably more of a struggle than it needed to be against a guy like Um just because. I mean, even Primaryola was never a top level guy. I mean, he was—he was top ten, top five at his absolute prime i mean that showed
1: Um, that showed the maturity though of a boxer too josh i mean that just goes to show right as you get older you know the the sooner you're mature as a boxer the better
0: yeah and he came in best shape of his career so and i thought he was going to give him a fight early um that was never somebody who thought this was going to be a complete destruction i thought early was probably gonna have some success especially coming off the adam kanaki fight where it was Uh i mean that was a war straight up war um in kanaki at the time which ranked really really highly as well
1: Interrupt a so, little
0: bit, but but it was a tough loss on him. Yeah. Um. But look, man, that fight. I, I don't know, man. I'm we called it on though, it. right? We were like, he's gonna fight Ariola. He did fight Ariola. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit iffy on it. I think. Obviously, well, I, I, what I heard was that like originally, um, the promoter, Andy's promoter, wanted him to fight like Luisa Ortiz straight out of the gate, and his team was like, no, we want to fight someone more like Ariola to go out and get her feet wet, which was. Smart decision on their part, dude, because I think the VAT version of Andy loses to a lot more dudes. Not necessarily – I'm not saying that's, like, a bad thing because, obviously, Andy's peak is heavyweight champion of the goddamn planet. Um, Crazy, right? that's – we saw what happened, dude. Two years off, kind of – I mean, he lost a lot of weight. He he spent a lot of time off and gone through a lot, so I'm not really surprised. But if you guys didn't watch it, I mean, obviously – Chris Ariola came out early, firing. I think I, I gave him probably three of the first four rounds, and obviously he got a knockdown in round two. Uh, but after, I think, round four, Andy just turned it on, dude. It was all it was all the Ruiz. Um, did you have a problem with the judge's scorecards? Because obviously, that, all the I, judges. I didn't
1: keep my card, but I did hear that there, heard there, were, there were some egregious ones, yes.
0: Uh, we So one judge gave Ariola rounds two and three, as well as the 10-8, and the other two judges only gave him round two. Uh, which Chris Oriola then um, decided to go on the greatest, for my money, one of the greatest all-time uh, boxing rants in the post-fight interview, saying, quote, Did he win? Fine. But don't tell me you're only going to give me two or three rounds. Fuck that. I'm going to be like Dr. Dre in here. All y'all can suck my motherfucking dick. And in the <laughs> the post-fight interview like with all the press he said quote these motherfuckers just straight up like fucking raped me and didn't even kiss me dude that's some fucked up shit um, so i mean ariel has always been a fun dude we'll see what happens i mean he said he wanted to rematch it's not gonna happen um but yeah man it it was it was a tough fight i do think he kind of get got shafted on the on the scorecards. i think only giving him one round is egregiously bad um i think i might give it give him three or four rounds so it is what it is though we still got the win that's the most important thing
1: Yep, he ended up getting the win. I mean, as far as future opponent Josh, I mean, I'm sure they kind of want another kind of middle of the pack guy. I feel like Adam Kawanaki wouldn't be a bad fight. Uh, I know Darius Soro is coming off a, a, a couple losses now. I think it's a two loss, maybe even more than that, which I think that could have been a good fight. Uh, Michael Hunter is always an option now. Uh, I don't think that would be a bad matchup. Michael Hunter's a really small heavyweight. Mm. He did he did go to distance with Povietkin. Uh, Maybe they could schedule some Povetkin fight. I don't know. I feel like Povetkin is not far from retirement now. Um, maybe he's looking back to try to get that Joseph Parker one, because Joseph Parker streamed a couple wins here, and he's looking like a guy who's trying to get back in that title shot position mm-hmm. and fight one of those top guys uh, again. Because didn't Joseph Parker fight uh, Anthony Joshua and took up to the decision? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like Andy gets another kind of middle of the pack good kind of guy, better than Ariola, and tries to get back in that conversation. And then from that, he fights more of a Luis Ortiz, maybe a Uzik uh Dillian White, maybe Joseph Parker. maybe even, And just because Michael Hunter is ranked high, maybe a Michael Hunter. I'd say he could do Michael Hunter now, but it just depends. Mm-hmm.
0: I think the fight that makes sense is probably – because obviously Adam Kanaki and apparently Robert Herlinis are going to have a rematch soon. I'm not sure if that's gonna happen soon. I heard I, I, it's actually been a long time since so I heard anything about that fight. I know it was wow. announced, but like there was no gate dip, uh, date given, and since then we've heard nothing. Um, either the if that, that rematch is still happening, the winner of that, if not, just give him Helinas. Um just, uh, My boy Robert helenus give, give him a good fight, man. That that guy that like he got he knocked out Kanaki right before the pandemic started, and He's gotten nothing. He's supposed to get either a, a title shot against the AJ or obviously a rematch. And then he just kind of had to sit on the bench because of weird contract negotiations. So so go ahead and give him somebody, man.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of directions to go, Andy. I'm sure they're they're not happy with the they're they're happy with the result, but they're not really fully happy with Andy. I mean, he had a lot of uh certain technical issues in the fight that he could have been more technically sound on, and just uh, basic shit that he he should really just known that he should have done better on. Mm. Uh, little lack of hip movement, uh, obviously, when he's going in, not recovering soon, quick enough with his hands, and uh, not adjusted man. to certain things that Arreola was doing in the fight uh, soon enough.
0: Yeah, man, but as far as the heavyweight division goes, dude, it's still a lot of fun, um, oh, yeah. and Andy, whenever Andy's winning, it just makes it even better. I, I do wish that... I just want to see Fury Joshua happen, just because I want to get it out of the way at this point. Like, am I the only one that's kind of fatigued we, with like the we, negotiations? We know it's gonna happen. It's just gonna take a while. That's just that's, that's the thing, Josh. It's gonna take a while, but it's gonna happen. It, I feel like but it we've happens been, this we've year. Been, we've been waiting for a fucking year now. <laughs> right, Josh. We've had COVID. Come on, you gotta give us a break. Okay, too. fine, I'm... fine. COVID happened. Fine, I'll give you, I'll give you COVID, right? I'll give you COVID. But like, we were. When, when did Anthony Joshua last fight? When did like? Didn't he um? Didn't he beat fucking? Uh Pulev back in like last year around let me let me pull up the date. I fucking forgot that fight. December. December of twenty twenty. Okay, so it so, hasn't been that long. It hasn't
1: been that long. It's been five months, Josh.
0: Yeah, but there were negotiations before that too.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. But it hasn't so, been that like, long. Hey, look, dude, look you, got, you got you got look, it was a whole year, right? He okay, so he, he lost the belts, right? He lost the it he got fucking put out, bro. He got put out like a bitch. He loses the belts. <laughs> he comes back in December, outboxes him, right? Okay. Covid hit. It's December, right? Three, four months into the year, you know it takes a while to organize. And then, bam, Covid hits, right? We have to wait a whole fucking year. He, he it takes a, a whole year to fight again. Literally a year. His fight against Andy was 12-7. He fights on 12-12. Pulev puts out Pulev. There, you know, now it's now we're five months this, into this year. I mean, it has to happen at some. He has to fight this. We know he's gonna fight this year regardless, and it has to be Fury, Josh. I refuse to believe it's not gonna happen this year. If it doesn't happen this year, I will fucking kill myself. I think that's a bit.
0: I think that's a bit dramatic, but like. <laughs> but, it's, but it's gonna
1: happen though, Josh. It's gonna fucking happen. That's the thing. It's gonna happen this year.
0: All right. I'll, I mean, I'll I'll give it to you, man. I I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm I'm just I'm very unoptimistic about it, just because we've been hearing about it for so long to the point where it's like, will we ever see it, man? Especially considering we've been hearing about this we've been hearing that it's done for at least two or three months now like that's you're the trying, thing i guess they are trying to secure just, that saudi money josh that's the fucking issue dude that's probably what it is probably but like i've been hearing that we've been hearing for a long time now that it's done but then we're still just fucking waiting dude we're still just waiting and i, and I get it i get that COVID's going on i understand it's hard negotiations. but it's like will we ever see this happen dude like straight up will we ever see it happen um I don't know. It, it's it's. Dude, you kind saw of
1: you saw how long it took Manny and Floyd to fucking happen, Josh. Years. Fuck, I know. And, and, Actually, and, not it, even fuck that. Floyd. Anybody
0: took years. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because he had to wait for them to be out of their prime. <laughs> but <laughs> the Maverick Logan Paul is gonna get his ass though, dude. Just go ahead and quote me fuck, on that. Fuck, dude. Hopefully. That's <laughs> <laughs> If not, Jake, he already got the hat though, so it's all good though. It's all good. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, man. But I, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's. I don't know. It's just. It's frustrating because few things are as frustrating in boxing as the fights never happening when they're supposed to. Like MMA, for all of its faults, with with pay, with controversy, with everything, we see the fights happen when they're supposed to happen, and if for the they most don't. Part. It's for, it's Well, it's for really random stuff. Like, we never saw Tony against Habib. For, Fedor because, like, Brock. Fedor Brock. But even then, that was kind of like, you know, Fedor was coming out of his prime anyway. Like, even, even I wanted to see that fight, and like we said on the like episode 100, that would be like one of my fantasy fights if I could make it. Um, But even then, like, Fedor was coming out of his prime around that time, around like 2009, 2008. You're telling so. me Fedor wanted to beat Brock, Josh? probably would have but i think exactly it was cool. well i mean here's my rationale for it because like we saw a fatal get fucking annihilated like the year later by by um, bigfoot silva you know what i mean like and he he did that just by out grappling the shit out of him because he was huge and brock is one of those dudes who's like bigfoot Silva, who's massive so granted, granted
1: though that would that was uh that was our boy on uh was it a trt trt bigfoot oh T R T bigfoot yeah
0: he's a monster TRT yeah. Bigfoot, Big, it's one of the goats. Grant, granted, uh, he also
1: needed it, you know, let's
0: not discredit his uh his need for
1: the for the T, you know?
0: Oh no, he actually well he has um oh I don't wanna I don't wanna mess up the name of it. Um but it's like he, he has had, some he, medical condition where he needs the testosterone. Yeah, it's uh Acro what's it called? Acro Um basically your your growth hormone is all over the place, basically. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna need that type of stuff. But um yeah, to go back to that real I I I would I don't know. I on paper Fedor Prime for Prime, Fedor beats his ass. But we're not talking fe- prime Fedor at that point. We're talking Fedor that like got murked by Dan Anderson. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Yeah, man. So regardless though, headway division, it's fun right now. Just please do the fights, please. Like goddamn. Um Anyways, man, um, outside of that, is there anything else we want to talk about on the show before it goes out? No,
1: I think I think we highlighted everything. I mean, next week, Josh, is an exciting week for us, dude. It's it's uh, it's time to see who gets the lightweight belt, man. And then from that, I mean, it's just kind of like we have to see who wins out of Destiny and Connor because one of those guys is going to get that title shot. And we're going to see who their opponents is. be inside. It could be Charles Bronx Olivero or Michael Iron Chandler, former
0: Bellator lightweight champ of the world i know dude it's it's crazy that uh we're getting a pay-per-view so soon and not to not to preview like not to go ahead and you know do this too early but i i do have an idea that i'm gonna share with you whenever the show ends for next week uh-huh. uh just relating to the pay-per-view card but ladies and gentlemen just be sure to tune in next week it's gonna be a gr- great oh, I show i love the fucking cliffhanger john huge huge show i'll tell you about it in one minute just because it's uh something i i kept on wanting to talk about but like i don't want to i don't want to do it too soon but just guys, just know we're doing something fun for you, 262. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and also fan interactive. So go ahead and make sure to go ahead and stay tuned on all the social medias. Uh, I'm at Josh. He's at AMCHO underscore one at Quartzsite Sound. One on our Twitter. Peace and pod grease. Mouse click.